Uh, Pastor Nate here. How are you today? I'm so glad you're joining the pirate pastor in Jesus' name. Uh, yes, you can laugh. It's funny. It's funny. It's funny. It's funny. It's funny. You're the devil's back. I'm proof of that in Jesus' name. I hope you're having a wonderful day. We're going to dive into the Word of the Lord tonight. And uh, I'm going to try not to make too many pirate jokes, I promise. Um, I will do my best, mateys, to not do too many pirate jokes. So, anyway, uh, God is so good. So continue to pray for all those who know are in need of prayer. Uh, continue to pray for Brother Chuck, uh, Brother Kincaid, he's uh, doing well. Let's continue to pray for him. And pray for all those you know, of course, uh, Sister Lisa and Brother Steve Warren and all those that... Yes, ma'am. Sandy Judy. Yes, she, I was going to give that report. So I really talked about Keith today, and uh, she did actually yesterday as well, and she did really well. It was a very, very, very long surgery. Pray for Brother Keith. I'm, I'm from experience in those long surgeries. Pray for Brother Keith. He needs your prayers tonight. Send him some love. Of course, send Sister Sandy some love, uh, and we continue to pray. And we continue to pray against infection. Amen. Amen. Any complications in Jesus' name. And uh, we want to make sure that that is what God is going to uh, do for her. I believe that tonight. Amen. 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 Uh, and uh, could I have one of the fine gentlemen go and close all the back doors? And also, uh, yeah, and, um, and this door as well, please. So we have a little more quiet from the youth group. We're glad the youth group is in the house tonight. So let's go to the word of the Lord. I want to be honest with you. I'm, uh, I have been uh, just been uh, meditating, praying, and believing God. And we had such an amazing week last week uh, with our children's ministries. And man, they all did such a phenomenal job. And our kids were so uplifted. The church was encouraged. And I just, man, I, I'm still riding that wave. And I'm thankful for that. And uh, I was thinking about some things, um, and the Lord spoke to me, um, and I'm going to be teaching from Revelation chapter 3. I'm going to go back um, in a couple of weeks to chapter 2. I know I'm going to do it a little backwards, but it's on purpose. Um, so the seven churches uh, that are spoken to in the book of Revelations, um, and we're going, to, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about those seven churches. Tonight, uh, I want to personalize this. Out of Revelations chapter 3 and verse 1. Um, and I don't want it to be uh, something, uh, I want it to be reflective. I want it to be uh, something that uh, those of you in the room take from here to teach and talk to others about. Um, I want you to receive this as ambassadors of Christ. Um, I want those of you that watch this online, I want you to receive this as the Lord speaking directly to you and to your heart. And uh, out of love and out of kindness. Um, I, I am feeling in the Holy Spirit uh, some, some uh, things as we prepare. We're well, moving into the last half of this year. And we have a lot of things to look forward. 2023 20, is coming quick, folks. Christmas. I don't know if you've been to Cracker Barrel lately, but they had... Uh, then uh, all their trees up this uh, this morning when we were there, and I'm like, oh my goodness gracious, I cannot believe they have they had six trees up. And I'm like, you know, you can hear Merry Christmas and wish you Merry Christmas. I'm thinking, this is August, and the lady said it's been up since the last week of July. So um, I'm like, wow, uh, the world is moving quick. So God is going to do some amazing things with Pinewood and with you as individuals. And I want to just plug, if you're a man, be at men's prayer this coming Saturday. And if you want to be a part of ministry and a calling on your life, I'll be teaching immediately following and about ministry and the Word of God. So you don't want to miss that specifically. So let's go to Revelations chapter 3 and verse 1. Now, we are in the middle of the seven churches. Um, in chapter 2, you can go back and read in chapter 2, you'll find that he talks uh, about the other churches, the churches that were, the church, the first church, uh, Laodicea, that had that lost its love. It was loveless. You found a church that's persecuted. You find a church that's compromising. You find a church here in chapter 3 that is uh, being talked to because they are dead. Everybody say dead. Dead. Uh, in the last church that we're going to learn about is the church 
that is lukewarm. Everybody say lukewarm. Lukewarm. So I, I, I want to personalize, bring this to our own lives. You online, I pray that you will receive this, not as coming to a church to speak to a body, but to speak to you individually as a part of the body of Christ. I'm glad I'm part of that body. Amen? Amen. We are living in an hour where we're being challenged uh, on every front. We're being challenged in our belief systems. We're being, we're being challenged in our time, our money, our, our, uh, our how we're going to respond to culture. We're being challenged in so many ways. And the challenge is lulled many people to sleep. They have become so weary with the challenge that they have sidelined themselves and decided that they are going to just sit and watch and see what happens. And in the kingdom of God, there is no such thing as a sideline. There is no place called neutral. It's either forward or backward. There is no neutral. You find no concept in the scripture of let's just hang out and hope for the best. It's you walking in the flesh or in the spirit. It's not walking in neutral gray. It's one or the other. And the scripture is absolute. How many believe that tonight? Amen. And it is the word of God. How many believe that tonight? Amen. And it is there for our learning. And it is there to love us into a relationship. It is there to show us what is necessary. There is no mystery in living for Jesus. The mystery is how we don't apply God's word to our life. And it is so plainly written right before us. There is a place, uh, I wanted to do a disclaimer, that there's going to be probably some folks that are don't like what I have to say over the next several weeks because um, I'm going to speak to you. I'm going to talk to you as a pastor, as a friend, and most importantly as a man of God trying to, to wake you up to the fact that we are living in an hour that you cannot be asleep and think that it's okay. Mm -hmm. There will be those that said, but Lord, but Lord, I, I, I was there on Sundays. I, 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 I volunteered. I was, and he's going to say, I, I'm sorry, I never knew you. The saddest words a human being could ever hear is from the throne room of God when he says these words, I'm sorry, I never knew you. The most horrifying words you could ever hear is, I'm sorry, I never knew you. The, re the book of Revelation is written to these seven churches these churches that we find God is trying to wake up. These are the churches of Asia Minor. These are churches that have been established, but now they have they have allowed some things into their spirits. And so it is with us. The seven churches are represented by seven individuals that claim Christianity or a relationship with God. We can find we can find ourselves in every one of these churches. The church that compromises, the church that is loveless, the church, we can go down the list. We'll talk later about the church that, that in the end, right, the reserved for the last is, is just, it's so beyond sad that they have become lukewarm. If we continue down the path, there are those that will think they are saved, but they are lost. And I want to say that plainly and in love. I say this not because I have an axe to grind or because I think I'm better than you or because I'm trying to... No, I'm saying this because I love you. And I'm saying this because God's convicting this pastor to speak these words for this hour because guess what? I'm responsible to him for what I say to you. And I want to make sure that in this hour, the Word of God is being given to you without fear or favor. Fear of culture, fear of all the things that might be in our world, and without the favor, wondering if someone will or will not like me based on what I say. As long as I am in the Word of God, and it is the Word of God that makes us life, right? It has given us life. That's where God wants us. So I say that to kind of set the stage for a moment because I want you to think about a dead life. What an oxymoron. A dead life. 
a life that is dead. It's breathing, but it's dead. It's moving, but it's dead. We know that the wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life. But there is a spot in the middle, this lukewarm spot, this spot where you've lost your love for God and all He's done, that we are living dead life. We are living in a place of conundrum, a place of unknown, a place where the comfort is so great and the pleasure is so strong, yet God is calling us to new life, not dead life. God is calling us. He, he bore our sins on Calvary so that he could purchase for us this new life. We read in Revelations, the Bible says, and you can read with me if you will in chapter 3 and verse 1. This is in the New Living Translation. You'll find, write this letter to the angel of the church of Sardis. This is John as he records what is going on in heaven. He says, this is the message from the one who has the sevenfold spirit of God and the seven stars. I know all the things you do. How many know that God knows everything we do? Amen. How many know that He's omnipresent? How many right. know that He is everywhere all places? He says, I know the things you do and that you have a reputation for being alive. Everybody say alive. 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 Don't you think and read this carefully. You have a reputation. You are known. You have been very alive. You are running and going. You have been in your past something that is vivacious and moving and grooving and going and doing. But now, he says, you are dead. Your reputation says you're on fire. You have just moved mountains and heaven and earth. You've seen soul saved and lives changed. Your passion for Christ has been a reputation of being that person that's on time for church and in the prayer room. That reputation for you know the Word of God and the life that you live is reflective of the grace that you have been given. That reputation that says you know Jesus for yourself. But something, something has happened here in Sardis. Something, something transpired that now... God says, I didn't say it, it's not because I'm predicting or no, God said, Sardis, you are dead. You're known to be alive. You're known, but now there's something that has changed. There's something that's creeped into your life that has caused the lights to dim. Something that has creeped into your life that has allowed yourself to relax when you should be running. Allowed yourself to, to rest when you should be working. To, to, to sit on the couch when you should be in God's house and in His place. Come on. I'm just going to preach the truth to you. Right. Laziness will take you to hell. Yes. Because if you're lazy about God's house, I know for a fact that you're being lazy about your prayer life. Because right. the two go hand in hand. That's right. Oh, but... I've got this and that and the other and I'm... Oh, please. You had a reputation of being alive. But now, all I see is death. The Bible tells us the revelation continues. I told you, what's going on? The sound is acting wonky. They're complaining. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, what's going on with it? The sound is going in and out. That's what was said. Okay. Well, um, okay, we're going to keep going. And then Dan will put it on. Yeah. And we'll do, tell him, oh, I'm so, I'll tell him. Hi, I'm so sorry the sound's going in and out. I hope it gets better. Because this, that's the enemy right there. This needs right. to be heard. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So, I hope, uh, is it on, uh, as far as. They said it's on. It's just yeah, it's soft to loud. To loud. That's probably because of the uh, the microphone. It's not. Someone stole our cord. 
uh, and, and damaged all our stuff that was on the platform. So, uh, no, actually, it was in the other room. Mm -hmm. so, it was in the room. Someone stole the cord on our regular microphone, and so I apologize. Right. We are going to pray uh, the death angel upon them. I'm joking. I'm not serious. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to ask that, uh, that the Lord would put the fleas of a thousand camels in their shorts. Uh, <laughs> so, anyway, um, let's keep going. Uh, uh, and, and that's just the enemy. Uh, so let me get back on track here. Uh, you have a reputation of being alive and now you're dead. Listen, this is what he says. Read it on the screen behind me. Now what? Wake, wake up. up. Someone shout it with me. Now wake up. Wake, wake up. up. I want to look at somebody in the eye and tell them you better wake up. I really got one eye to look at you. But one eye. Uh, you better wake up. We sat down at the restaurant the other day. And my wife sat on this side of me, and I'm like, okay, I cannot see her one iota. <laughs> so it's like I'm eating by myself. So I got up, walked around the table, and she's like, what are you doing? I said, I can't see you. She says, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, um, but I'm going to look you in the, straight in the, the eye <laughs> and tell you, you need to wake up. You need to wake up. Because if you don't wake up, you're going to be lost. The ten virgins, Jesus tells us, they were sleeping and they loved slumber. And, and they were all, what they didn't prepare. They did not prepare. And God is trying to speak to this church, this pastor, and to you as individuals. Anybody that would watch this, I'm talking to you. It's time to re-engage in the kingdom of God in your old, alive self. You are too long, too far gone of being dead. Deadness will, it will end up causing you to be lost. Oh, but you'll think you're saved. You see, you'll think, we're going to get to that. You're going to save yourself. Oh, take ease, my soul. I have barns full of rain. I have plenty. I've been a Christian for all these years and I know the word and the Bible said that God came to him and said tonight you fool I'm going to take your life why? because there was an attitude that said that I did not need to be alert or awake or pursue or have passion God is saying now wake up strengthen what little remains hear me tonight but I just have so much strengthen what little remains. Little as much as God is in it. The best weapon you have is a mustard seed. And God wants to equip you. But you have to get God's not going to come down and demand. Let me tell you, you don't want God coming down and demanding anything. Because I promise, He can produce enough misery in your life to make you wish you had done everything He has yeah. to do. And in my life and in yours, I don't want. You say, well, God's not judgment. No, but he will take his hand off you because you have rejected him. And when he takes his hand off of you, the enemy can come in like a flood. That's right. Mm -hmm. in, in this moment of our lives, we need to back up and realize if we don't wake up, we're never going to get up. You hear what I just said? Mm -hmm. If we don't wake up, we're never going to get up. Strengthen what little remains. For even what is left is at the point of death. I, folks, I, I have, I have, I have wept over this. I have, I have prayed. I have agonized. And now I'm just mad at the devil for lying to you about what little is left. You have no hope. You might as well. It's your go around the drain, it's over, it's done. That's a lie from the pit of hell. But you and I have to get up from this place of lethargic living and uh, lethargy and looking around and saying, well, they're not going back to church and they're not serving God. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good because I'm not doing their sins. No, God is not going to judge you based on them. He's going to judge you based on you. And you and I have got to wake up to the fact 
that we've been called for a purpose, that we are a chosen generation, a yes. royal priesthood, yes. right. and we have a job to do, that our job is to seek and to save them or love. You want to be a Christian, be Christ-like? You need to go and make disciples and baptize them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Why? Because that's what we are called to do. We're not called to sit around and just talk about what used to be. Mm -hmm. All right. We have a reputation. This church has a reputation for shouting and dancing. This church has, but you know what? If we're not careful, we're just going to be dead. Come on. That's right. Mm -hmm. And the scripture says, John is writing, Jesus is speaking. He's telling us, strengthen what is left. Stop complaining about what is not and focus on what is. What has God done for you? What has God brought you? Can I get a witness? Yeah. Amen. Has anybody here been helped and delivered and set free mm -hmm. and been yes. moved? Yes. How many yes. you are saved by the blood when you don't deserve it? Amen. How many you are loved when you don't stop? My Good. point being is stop focusing on the things that the worldly people are focusing on. That's right. The tragedy, the culture crazy, all that stuff. Focus on what God can revive. Amen. Amen. I said amen. Amen. I'm, I'm passionate about it because I want you to realize you have to you have to revive what little is left in your life. I'm so no. Stop believing the lie that says that you're okay. Stand and just doing nothing. No, it's time to move. I recently, which has been so frustrated, when I see people in the highways and the byways of this community, there are members or have been members of this of this beautiful body of Christ, and they tell me that they just that they're just more comfortable at home because just you know I I just don't I'm just you know I'm lazy, and I stood in Kroger's and and pray with them and ask God to remove the spirit of lethargic mess off of them. Why? Because they said to me, I'm just being lazy, Pastor. And I'm like, do you hear yourself? Do you hear yourself? You're being lazy about your salvation. Well, I can stay home and be saved. Oh, really? Can you? Can I ask you something? Are you, are you better off without the body of Christ? Are you better off without Huh? Are you better off based on what I study and the Word of God says that we should be gathering ourselves more so as we see the kingdom of God in hand? Yes. It, it, it's a passion. It's not about attendance. It's about your soul. It's about fellowshipping with people that love what you love. It's about gathering strength from people when you have no strength. It's about knowing that you can bind together touching any one thing. And you can see God move mountains in your life. It's Amen. not about attendance. It's about engagement. The same, this, listen, the same, the same individual that said, oh, I'm just going to stay home. It's the same person that's not engaging anywhere. I, I, I would ask of you, and you that are watching, of course, are, are not a part of that, but so many people are are you watching Bible study? Are you are you watching Sunday mornings? Are you engaging? Well, I I, I watch uh, Pastor Joel Osteen on on Tuesdays. Uh, you know that's not what God has designed for your life. Candy all the time will not get you healthy. That's right. Amen. Come Amen. On. You see, I, I'm convicted and convinced that I better preach what God's told me to preach. All and right. teach because I've got an answer to him. And candy jar preaching is not going to get you to heaven. All right. It's not going to get you to heaven. My wife made I have there's Costco sells this loaf of bread that has has a cinnamon roll kind of thing in it. And you slice that and my wife puts that in the in the toaster and she puts a big slab of fat butter on there. And it is so good. It she she does it just right to right to number six on the on the toaster because it gets it crispy because that sugar inside that toast. When we we ran out the other day, and my wife made me uh, a piece of white toast sprinkled with some some swerve, right? Some 
some baked sweetener and some and some uh, uh, cinnamon. Uh, cinnamon on there. And she's like, well, baby, I ran out of toast, but look what I made you. It has no sugar in it. She handed me now. And she turned around. She turned around. Oh, yeah, so good. Yeah. <laughs> right? Nasty. Right? I can tell her that started. Um, there's, there's no substitute for the real thing in your life. You can't substitute Jesus. You can't substitute a pastor. Either I am your pastor or not. That's up to you, right? You better find a church. You better find someone to be saved. Why? Because it's not about pastors or churches. It's about souls in the balance. Mm -hmm. Can I get an amen from this? Amen. amen. Well, y'all didn't expect this. Good. It's about the truth. It's the truth of God's word. You need to be connected one to another. We're called to do that. So, what is it? He said, well, strengthen what little is remained while it is left at the point of death. Your deeds are far from right in the sight of God. In other words, you're a sinner. Go back to what you heard. Go back to what you heard. Go back. Someone shout, go back. Go back. To what you heard and believe that what? First. Behold. Hold to it firmly and turn to me, God says again. Oh, I know I'm going to get like, like just tons of people watching this and giving me thumbs up and amen, Pastor. <laughs> Why? Because I, I'm, I'm fearful in this hour that we have become so accustomed, so accustomed to our own will and not the will of God. That we have so, come so accustomed to, to being laid back in our spirits instead of moving forward towards God. Unless you do, I will come up on you, what? Suddenly. As an unexpected, as a thief. There is a call in this hour that says to us, Jesus, how many believe Jesus is coming? Yes. yes. How many believe that the last days are upon us? Yes. yes. I don't just believe it. I know it. Yes. I believe it in my actions. Yes. And in, in, I'm concerned that so many, right now as I speak this, would think that I'm out of touch and I really need to get a hold of something. Maybe go to therapy or... I don't know what you're thinking, but I, I will tell you this, I'm, I'm not crazy, I don't need therapy. I'm just preaching the truth of the Word of God, and it has become so foreign. All right. The other day, speaking of Joel Osteen, there was a newscast, oh, it, it was a newscast, and they were talking about the weird marriage rules of Joel Osteen and his wife Victoria. They were saying, wow, it is, they are so bizarre in their tradition. So I, I, I was talking to my channel, I was like, oh, what, what's this about? So I turned back and so I started listening. And they're commentating on the marriage rules. I can't believe that Victoria won't let Joel go and have dinner with another woman at all. That he can't even have dinner by himself with another colleague. It's a woman. A uh, non-romantic day. I'm like, you think that's weird? I think that's godly. That's yes. Right. That she won't let. And so there was some of the comments that said, it's not that she won't let him. It's that they agree that that's not healthy for their life or relationship. Let mm -hmm. not your good be evil spoken of. Yeah. And so therefore, it's not weird. It's godly. But the world thinks it's weird. Yeah. Right. right. And there's so many things when we talk about the, the Word of God, that the world casts a spell on people's minds that, well, I don't know if I actually agree with that. They think that it's a multiple choice. I don't, I'm on fire tonight. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. They think it's multiple choice, that they can decide what they do and don't like, and they can pick the sins they enjoy and tell everybody else to go to hell for the ones they don't. I'm sick and tired of this world lying to the people of God. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm tired of, of talking to people who are what I knew them to be rooted and grounded in truth that they are adrift and have no idea what they believe. That's right. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about seasoned people that have been a part of the kingdom for years. Uh, 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 and, and they are 
living in this fear-mongering world that is just allowing them to be consumed by the ways of the world and not the Word of God. Someone say Man. the Word of God. The Word, word of God. God. Oh, you agree with me? Shout amen. 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 Don't shout amen. 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 <laughs> <laughs> What does he say? What does he say? Hold fast, firmly, and turn again to God. Unless you do, I will come upon you suddenly. I, I, I want to say this as loving and kindly as I can. That there's going to be some things that come suddenly. That if you're not ready, it's going to be too late. That's right. Mm -hmm. You hear what I just said? It's without fear or favor. It's without prejudice. God is no respecter of person. There's only some things that happen suddenly. You go, what happened? I don't know what happened. You you have a reputation of being alive, but I'm looking at you. You you don't have a pulse. We have looked at the anatomy of your soul, and it's gray and dark and it's lifeless. Oh, that's not your. Oh, if I'm your pastor, it's my business because I am. The shepherd over the flock of the house of God. So yeah, I'm rattling some cages tonight. You know why? Because I want God to help you, and I want you to help yourself to be saved. Amen. 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 So I know I'm not running for a popularity contest. Today's lesson is an oxymoron. Everybody say oxymoron. 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 Dead life. Dead life. The term oxymoron is from two ancient Greek words, oxus, which means sharp, and moros, which means dull. Oxymoros. Sharp, dull. It's opposite. It's opposing. Dead life. It's opposite. It's opposing. It's two spectrums shoved together. That is true of so many Christians. They are breathing, but they're still dead. Pastor, how, well, how could you say that, that they're dead? If you're not producing any fruit, Jesus walked up to that tree and cursed that tree and hewed it down. Why? Why'd you do that, Jesus? Because it did not produce any fruit. He tells the story of the talents. And he tells us the constant stories that show us that when he gives us something, we don't use it like he has meant it to be in our lives, that we will give an account for that. And he is displeased when we live a dead life. Someone say amen. Amen. Now, the irony is I'm not talking to most of you in this room. I'm talking to the walls. I'm talking to the spirit realm. I'm speaking to those that may be online tonight, but most likely not because they're watching. I'm talking to those. I hope we share this with somebody. I hope somebody will read this, hear this, or watch this. Why? Because, by the way, you can tune into our, our podcast, Pineview Love, on most podcast networks. It, it's important that you recognize your need for Jesus and how you should not be living a dead man. You should be living dead to sin. You should be alive to God. Someone say amen. Amen. So, 1 Corinthians 2 and 14. I won't be long. 1 Corinthians 2 and 14. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit. Everybody say natural man. Natural man. Everybody say spirit man. Spirit man. I talked to somebody the other day and they were very frustrated with somebody. And, and I said to them, why are you so frustrated with them? They're a very unspiritual person. They, they, they are not spiritual in their walk. They, they're not spiritual. They're a good person. They're a wonderful person. But they're not a spiritual person. They don't. They have never received God's spirit. They have, why would you be angry with them? Help them to understand. Right? Because the natural can never perceive or understand the spiritual. Mm -hmm. That's why you have much patience with those coming through them. Why? Because they don't know. And you've got to help them find out. So, when you look at this, the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Right? We just gave the example of, of these marriage rules, you know, uh, of the Olsteins. They're not rules. They're guidelines, and they're, they're great moorings of, of righteousness. Right? Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. 
spiritually. Everybody say spiritually discerned. Spiritually discerned. The worry that I have is that those that were alive, that had the reputation to be alive, that now they're dead and they still think they know what spiritual things are when they're living in the carnality of the flesh. So they judge themselves by their previous spirituality, not by their current condition. Their current condition of carnality. So they tell themselves they're fine. They tell themselves everything's okay. In fact, they can find a hundred people online to tell them that they're okay. Right. They can maybe even find some local people to tell them they're okay. Right? It doesn't matter what I tell you, ladies and gentlemen. It matters what thus saith the word of God. What is God's word speaking? Are you lining up to the word of God? So let's say amen. Amen. Because they can't be discerned by non-spiritual people. Have you ever encountered someone who you knew that they had the truth in them and then some, something changed? And, and you were like so totally confused by it? Because it came out of nowhere? It's called being, living a dead life. Could there be any more gruesome spiritually than getting dead and not even knowing it? Think about it. Well, the zombie apocalypse right here in, in, the, in the Word of God, right? People that, they're, they're alive physically, but they're dead spiritually. And they don't even know it. And yet, it happens all the time. The Bible defines this as spiritual deadness in the variations of very, very ways. Listen, number one. You can be dead in sin. Everybody say dead in sin. Dead in sin. Ephesians 2 and 1, Paul writes, and you have to quicken who were what? Dead, dead in trespasses of sin. So a dead life includes being dead in sin. It, it also includes being dead in pleasure. Everybody say dead in pleasure. Dead, dead in pleasure. First Timothy 5 and 6 says what? But she that liveth in pleasure is dead while she liveth. Paul is right, telling us that you can be dead while you're alive in pleasure. And then we find that dead in legalism. Well, watch Romans 7, 6, Paul writes, But now we are delivered from the law, now that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. There's a place where you have to get out of trying to save yourself because that's where you'll be dead in legalism. Mm -hmm. I'm right by the... No, you better be careful. What, listen, dead in hope. What, what Pastor? Yeah, listen to Ecclesiastes uh, uh, in 9 and 4. For to him that is joined to all the living, there is hope. But for a living dog is better than a dead lion. A living dog is better than a dead lion. You can be dead to hope. Hope no longer lives. Because you are dead in sin, you're dead in pleasure, you're dead in legalism. And hope is running out of your toes. He goes on, we learn in the psalmist David, he says in 115 and 17, he says, The dead praise not the Lord, neither any that go down into silence. You're dead to worship. For me as a pastor, when I stand in this room, people do attend, and yet they, they just can't lift their hands. They can't respond to the presence of God. They don't move. They sit. And every one of us worships different. I totally understand. But when you don't move at all, there's something happening on the inside. Dead to action. James 2 and 14. What, your brothers and sisters, what's the use of saying you have faith if you don't prove it by your actions? Amen. Mm -hmm. This is where we, we get lethargic. And we say, oh, I believe. But we do nothing to make that belief happen. We don't pray. We don't fast. We don't offer ourselves. We don't serve. We don't 
give back. We don't want. Because we're dead to action. Prove your... What kind of faith can't save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or a sister who's eating food or clothing and say, well, goodbye and God bless you. Uh, stay warm and eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. How can you bless them when you are the person God is sending to bless them and you walk away from them? What, what good does it do? Uh, so you see, it isn't enough just to have faith Faith that doesn't show itself by good deeds is no faith at all. It is what? Dead and useless. So we become dead to action. We refuse to move. Someone shout amen. Amen. I got good news. Someone shout good news. Good news. Come on, say good news. You can live again. Someone say I can live again. I can live again. The good news is that this is not the end of the story. This is not this is not a, a prescription for death. This is your choice. This is my choice. I can live again if I choose to do so. I want you to shake yourself. Wake up. Remove the dust from your soul. Clean out the junk that's hanging out. Clean out the sin that you've dabbled in during this time of boredom. Clean out the life that God... You have a reputation of being alive and vibrant and full of God and full of the Holy Spirit. Something happened. You need to wake up. Because you think you're alright, but you're alright. Mm -hmm. right. You're dead, but you can live again. But it's your choice. It's my choice. What does the Bible say? In Romans, he says, wake up, right? Let me shout, wake up. Wake, wake, wake up. up. How do I live again? You gotta wake up. You gotta, you gotta say, okay, nap time's over. There's no shame. There's no, no. You get up and you move from where you are to where God wants you. Mm -hmm. It's not about, oh, the excuses and I wish that I had. Someone told me recently that they had gained so much weight in the pandemic that they didn't want anybody to see them, so they were just going to stay out of line. Well, that's silly. You know, wake up and lose some weight, right? But wake up to your spirit. I don't care what size we are. God doesn't care, by the way. He wants your soul to be saved. Right. Mm -hmm. By the way, I've made right. a few comments myself, right? We all are humans. We all have things we... No, uh, wish we wouldn't do. I had two double cheeseburgers tonight. I probably should not have had. But folks, they were good and I was hungry. And they were not on keto, but I don't care because I'm going to be okay. I've got to wake up, right? Amen. You've got to wake up. Romans 13, 11. And that knowing the time. Everybody say, know the time. Know, know the, the time. Am I okay out there in Radio Land? Yeah. Mm -hmm. amen. So shout amen. 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 I said that I was not going to make friends and influence people tonight. And I, I don't mean that ugly. I'm just saying I feel this boldness on me that I believe that God's trying to shake some people away. And if you don't wake up, you're going to, you're lying to yourself. You're fooling yourself. And uh, I'm, I'm losing sleep about it. So I got to get this out so I quit losing sleep about it. That now is the high time. I say high time. High time. To wake up of sleep, and for now is your salvation nearer than when you believed. You believed, you had salvation, but your salvation, the coming of the Lord is nearer than you believe. <laughs> Ephesians 5 and 14, Paul writes, Wherefore he said, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the what? Dead. Dead and Christ shall what? Give, Give thee light. Number two, you got to strengthen what remains. You gotta wake up, you gotta strengthen what remains. Isaiah 42, the bruised reed shall not break, and the smoke flap shall he not quench. You have to understand that there is a place in God that he wants you to strengthen that which you have. You have you are not lost, you are not undone, you are not totally wasted, you are not out there in no hope. No, that's a lie. Strengthen the little that is remaining. You have a prayer life that you can regain right now. You can start praying tonight. You can pick up your Bible and start ingesting the Word of God afresh and new right now. All right. Amen. The Bible says in verse 3, Isaiah 43, says, in the New Living, that was King James, He will not crush those who are weak or quench the smallest hope. Number three is repent. I'm going to shout repent. Repent. Oh, come on, say it. Repent. Repent. Repent, 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 repent. 
If we don't learn to repent, we'll never be saved. Amen? Amen. Repentance is not something of one and done. Repentance is not something you do and it's over with. Repentance is a lifestyle. It is a lifestyle not for me, but God is good and He will forgive me. Mm-hmm. So, wake up. Repent. Get yourself together. I tell you, Luke 13, Jesus, I tell you today, but some expect you, except ye repent, ye shall likewise, what? Perish. Acts 3.19, repent ye therefore, and be what? Converted. That why? Your sins may be what? Blotted Eradicated. When the times of what? Refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Many of you are not getting refreshed because you haven't repented of your sins. I'm just going to leave that one right there. People come to church. I just don't feel Jesus. Repent. Jesus is here. Mm-hmm. We're mouth of two for the witness. We're two or three are gathered. We go on and on. Jesus is in the house. If you're still weary when you leave, I'm going to tell you right now, it's not a Jesus problem. It's a sin problem. Yep. It's an attitude problem. It's a spiritual problem. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm just going to tell it like it is. Amen. So what do we learn? We learned that the Greek word for repent <laughs> means to think differently. It's to think. The repent means to literally think. I've got to think differently than I was before. I can't think like that. I've got to think like this. If you feel like you are living a dead life, and I know that there's been times in my life I have felt that way. Can I get an amen from anybody? Amen. Where you go through trials and tribulations. And I'm going to tell you something. In the last several weeks, I've had to pull myself up by my bootstraps and say, Devil, you're a liar. You're not going to get by. I'm not on your roller coaster. I'm not going to live in your train. I'm not going down your tracks. Why? Because I'm going to tell you something. All the recovery stuff in my wife and all the stuff, and then blood clots in the lungs, and then I go blind. You would think, right? You would think that I might have a little bit of room to say, Okay, God, what is going on? You know what the Lord said to me? Forward. Keep moving. Keep going. I've never seen a righteous forsaken nor a seed begging bread. That's right. Mm-hmm. You're not special to me. Life happens. Time and chance happeneth to us what? Oh. Stop making this like it's some something. Keep moving. God's with you. He's not against you. Move. And in that moment, I had to decide, okay, I'm not going to sit here and die. I'm not going to sit here and cry. I'm not going to say, right? I may tomorrow, but not tonight. With all our matey. <laughs> with all the things with, with God. I'm going to shout with God. With God. Come on, shout. With God. With God. I can entertain. With God, with God, with God, with God, with God. All things are possible to them that what? Believe. Jesus said for I am the resurrection and the life. And he that believeth in me shall, though he were dead, shall he yet live. We find John 10 and 10 says this. The thief cometh not, what? But to steal, kill, and destroy. I want to talk to you right now as I close this last slide, this Bible study. There is a thief in our life that loves to kill, steal, and destroy. I said this about my wife, that cancer is a killer, it's a stealer, it's a destroyer. But God has come to give us life. Mm-hmm. There has got to be an understanding within us, a belief. We repent from our thinking in the negative and we turn to God to help us think in the positive. Put on the mind of Christ. Put in Him, in His process what he wants out of my life i cannot think for a minute that i can allow a thief to set up shop in my house and it not affect me if i allow the enemy into my spirit my heart or my house i am setting up myself to be robbed killed or destroyed come on amen that's right come on no that old story i understand to be true i have to not independently verify it, but the, the, the man that had a, a giant python snake, right? And he had kids, he had a daughter, and then this python got really, really big, got like six, seven foot. That python, that daughter would hold it every night. And um, one time there was a, a guy that came by the house, and it's my understanding, the stories vary, but uh, said, uh, what are you doing letting him, that snake all over your daughter, wrapping himself around? He said, oh, it's no big deal, don't worry about it. 
Should we take it all off? It's a bit of death in a farmer. It's a pet. You know, he said, no, don't you know what that snake is doing? That snake is measuring your daughter. Yep. He's like, what? You're, that snake is measuring your daughter to see if it can eat her. And because snakes are snakes and snakes do what snakes do. You, you, you can't tame a snake. Are you being measured tonight? Is the devil slithered up into your bed and making you feel all comfortable and cozy and he's just measuring you up to see if he can destroy you? He has come that you might have life and life more abundantly. Don't live the lie or believe the lie that says, I'm fine and I don't have to do God's word or obey his commands. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. And if you don't love Jesus, then Jesus said you're none of his. Mm-hmm. That's not, I mean, it's not me, it's Jesus. So where are you tonight? What path are you taking? Where are you headed? Are you lying to yourself? Are you excusing your inactivity in the kingdom of God because of minor bumps and things? I don't know. That's not for me to judge. But I'm going to tell you something. There's a lot of folks that I used to have a reputation of being very alive. And they're just dead. And I grieve. I weep. Because it's eternal life that we're talking about. It's heaven and hell. Someone said it very recently. We don't have any old time health. We need some more hellfire and brimstone. I said, boy, I don't know where you've been, but hang on for a little while. Because hell is real and heaven is real. God wants to save us from ourselves, from the pleasures of this world. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Am I telling the truth to anybody? Yes. 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 Let's give the Lord a hand clap of thanks. Amen. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for the word. We thank you for all that you're doing for us. Lord, I ask that this word, not my word, your word, God. I have I have just laid the scripture, the word, your word, Jesus, out to them. I have expressed concerns as a shepherd that is watching sheep. I have expressed things that I know that you're speaking to my soul about. And I pray today, Father, that you allow them to receive all of this in love and in kindness. And, Lord, that they would respond. They wouldn't, you know, get all defensive and, oh, he doesn't know what No, it's not me that I know what God knows what he's talking about. And I'm praying tonight that you receive him and me as a messenger of that word. In Jesus' name, I pray these things. I believe these things, and I declare these things. And let everybody say, in Jesus' name. In, in Jesus', Jesus name. name. I say, amen. 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 See you Sunday, 10.35. Come on, come to God's house.